Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Kia ora tato. Welcome along to the Short Ball Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty Stevenson and Mills Mulyaina joining you on Tuesday 12th of the September, New Zealand time. Kia ora Mills. Kia ora Sumo. I like the way you've started with the uh, Māori Language Week. This it is. Te wiki o te reo Māori this week. Māori Language Week in New Zealand. And uh, it's a good thing too because uh, we're going to chat in a little bit with Clayton McMillan, recently announced as new coach of the Māori All Blacks, Millsy. And uh, he's a tough nut. Yes, very well, tough, very, tough very nut. Uh, of course, played for Bay of Plenty all those years ago. Clayton McMillan, a centurion with the Steamers, mm-hmm. uh, still coaching the Steamers, coached the Provincial Barbarians yep. this year against the British and Irish Lions, and uh, is coaching uh, the Māori All Blacks this year after Colin Cooper stood down from the role, I'm assuming, to coach uh, the Chiefs in Super Rugby Mills, and you probably can't do both, so... no. Good time to freshen up that program, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, no, looking forward to Clayton McMillan. He's he done a fantastic job with the provincial team and looking forward to what he's going to offer the uh, the Maldives this year. Well, we've got a big chat too coming up uh, on the podcast today about the All Blacks taking on South Africa. So many issues around the All Blacks selection or potential selections. Uh, we'll cover all the news angles uh, from the early week and uh, have a look forward to what we think might happen on Saturday night. And, of course, the Mitre 10 Cup rolls on and uh, my Tanifa. They're going to come up again because for the second straight week they dusted up one of your teams. What? What? How? What? what did you or did you not play for Waikato? Oh, so now did you or did you not? You're, you're, you're used to give me crap about the fact that I only played five games, and now all of a sudden, yeah, but it's I mean, like you, I played fifty. It doesn't matter. Did you or did you not play for the Mulus? Yes, I did. And they did clean them up, didn't they? Yeah, they oh, really, man. they really hey. did clean them up. Well, let's get Clayton McMillan on the line. He's in Bay Plenty at the moment, about to head into training. Uh, but the good thing about this man is he's always available, and uh, that's what I like about him. And I look forward to seeing what he has to say. There you go, mate. Kia ora, mate. How are you, Clayton? I'm good, thanks, bud. Now we've got Mills Mulyana with us as well, Clayton. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, what an amazing honour for you and, and for your whanau as well to get the job coaching the Māori All Blacks, mate. Must be a dream come true. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's, uh, it's a huge honour for um, not only myself, but everyone that's um, supported me on my coaching journey over the last 15 years. Clayton, uh, I mean, going into the Māoris, obviously uh, there's always that talk amongst the players that... Uh, you know, getting the balance right is always pretty key. And, and often in the past, the balance off the field is probably, you know, lent towards the, um, being quite good. 
Uh, how do you get, you know, with professionalism these days, how do you get that balance right, making sure that, uh, you know, obviously they perform on the field as well? Yeah, Mills, it's, um, to my knowledge, it's the second, you know, it's hold the second highest ranking team in the country. And um, so it's, it's about high performance and uh, high performance, sort of, you know, is, is about making sure that there is that, that balance uh, between your off-field um, demeanour and, and performing well on the field. And, um, you know, there's a strong tikanga base. Um, it's what makes the, the Māoris unique. So, um uh, it is about getting that balance right, and from what I've uh, observed, um, spending some time in with the, the Māoris and their preparation for British and Irish Lions, I think they're doing a really great job in that in that respect. You're a slightly different coach to uh, the old Koru mate, uh, Colin Cooper, Clate. So uh, what um, will you take from his time as coach of the Māori All Blacks and, and take into your tenure in charge of this uh, very famous team? Uh, probably just what I just talked about, Sumo. He's, um, he, I think there's a really great balance between uh, creating a really safe environment for, for people that are at, um, at different ends of the um, spectrum in terms of their, their Māori mātauranga um, or knowledge. Um, so, so it's about you know, each and every one of them that, that identify as Māori and you know, that, they, that they continue to grow their, their connection to their Māoridom. Um, but also understanding that it's a high-performance environment and you know, making sure that the off-field stuff um, doesn't um, take precedence over ensuring that you perform on the field. Clates, you know, um, you know, often is it, is it, can it be a challenge, you know, waiting to see the guys that um, you know miss out on the end of year tour for the All Blacks, and then sort of b- before picking your team. You know, often you sort of um, there's guys that they, the All Blacks want to actually see on the um, on the Maldives calendar. Uh, that perhaps have missed. Is it? Is it? Can it be a quite, well, quite challenging having to wait for that uh, the All Blacks to, to give you that sort of go go ahead? Yeah, well, I think with the Barbarians, uh, if you use that as an example, we got a couple of players a couple of days before the game, so it's yeah. not something that I'm not um, <laughs> not used to. But um, I think it's you know you know you know that it's going to happen, or you know that you're going to um, get some players that um, are injured. You know that you're going to get late notice that players are either um, have made the All Blacks or are unavailable. Um, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a number of things, and I think well, yeah, you set yourself up well if you just accept that that's the way it's going to be and be prepared for um, for those challenges. The players have got to be aware of that too, though, don't they, Clayton? I mean, we saw during the British and Irish Lions series that, uh, you know, the, the team above the Māori All Blacks wanted to see a couple of players come down and play in that game because they were looking at them closely. So it is a balance between being uh, its team with its own identity and also ensuring that, that New Zealand rugby, by virtue of uh, the squad available to the All Blacks, is also strong. That's where that high-performance element comes in and, and the versatility. Absolutely. While we want um, you know, Māori rugby, the Māori All Blacks, to be the pinnacle for all Māori players, we all know and accept and understand that the premier team in New Zealand is the All Blacks. Uh, it doesn't really matter what level of the game you're playing at. You're, you're, you're coached to help grow and promote your players to the next level. So um, if, if, if the Māori All Blacks miss out on quality players because they make the All Blacks, that's a huge positive. Yeah, totally right. Well, Clayton, we won't keep you long, mate. We know you've got to get to training, but um, just give us a steer on uh, the schedule for the year, where the Māori All Blacks will be playing and, and what kind of format uh, this tour will take. 
It's a bit of a moving beast uh, at the moment, Sumo. We, we definitely know that we're playing in November up in Vancouver, a test match against Canada. Uh, there will be a, at least one other game. Um, details of yet, which are yet to be confirmed. But um, I'm meeting up with uh, Tana and, Co- uh, and Hofti in Auckland tomorrow. Our first meeting is a coaching uh, group get together and just get aligned in our, in our thinking and start our preparation. A lot of work to be done over the remainder of Maita 10 Cup and um, ensuring that we are as prepared as we can be uh, heading into that tour. Oh, you're a champ, mate. Again, uh, we congratulate you, Clayton. Thanks very much for your time. Māori All Blacks coach Clayton McMillan and uh, best of luck for the rest of the steamer season too, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Kia ora. Clayton McMillan, uh, I think it's a great appointment. Yeah. You know, I, I watched him work with the Provincial Barbarians against the Lions. I was lucky enough to be invited up there the, the night before the game yeah. and, uh, and see the boys have their jerseys presented by the Barbarians Club. And, you know, he's just such a calm presence but he carries so much mana with him he's yeah. a big man for starters yeah. you wouldn't mess with him yeah yeah uh but he's an incredibly proud man yeah. and you can see players respond to what he wants them to do and that performance let's not forget i, I think was one of the most positive performances of the entire british and irish lines too i mean it's a team of scraps yeah and they got out there and they almost got the most famous scalp of all and and i think a lot of that has to do with the way he and his assistant coaches, like Sir Joe Maddock, went into that environment yeah. and just put that team together, created a culture out of nothing. Yeah, well, you, you heard him then. You know, It's the approach that you take. You either say, well, complain about the fact that you're going to get players at the last minute or do you take the approach, well, it is what it is mm. and we go out there and try and do as, as best as we can. And certainly that provincial team were fantastic. They almost got there in the end. And, and, and you're right, Sumo, who is a very quiet man, but you know, often... You don't need, um, you know, to say a lot to, to sort of um, have that money, and this guy certainly does it. So a great appointment um, by the uh, NZRU, and um, looking forward to, to their trip to Vancouver. Right, um, moving on to Test Match Rugby. Millsy, you were there in New Plymouth uh, alongside uh, Rugby Passes Intrepid reporter Jamie Wall, who was braving the elements while you were locked in a glass cage with Sir John Kerwin and uh, Andrew Mertens and Jeff Wilson, just... Lording it over everyone Mate, else. At I the was ground. not locked in a glass. You were in a glass case of emotion. I I just did as I was told. You know, I just you know sat in where I was supposed to sit and just yeah. But it was freezing, man. It was yeah. cold. Yeah, it was cold in New Plymouth in winter. I keep telling everyone that. Why would you move there? Uh, Terradice, though, as it was, not exactly Terradice for our boy Damien McKenzie at the back. Um, I, it's interesting for me. It's a seventeen-point victory. But uh, and, and we're all guilty of it because we have high expectations for the way the All Blacks played. And on this very podcast last week, I think we were both in agreement that Argentina should have their faces melted by that All Black team. Wasn't to be. No. So you're looking around and starting to ask yourself reasons why. Damien McKenzie's come under fire uh, over the last couple of days for his work under the high ball. But those conditions were trying. You're a man who's taken a few bombs in your time, Millsy. Uh, I mean... Uh, should we be pointing the finger at Damien McKenzie or is there a lot more to it than just his inability to take two or three high kicks in a second half? Oh, I think he's fantastic. He's shown how good he is under the high ball. Uh, unfortunately, in, in the weekend, um, he didn't quite nail those opportunities. On looking on it, well, being at the game, I just felt he was a little bit deep um, and perhaps that was sort of to judge what the wind was doing, give him some time to get up because he is a shorter man. Um, so, But... He st- certainly started the game very well. Uh, there, but there were other aspects, I thought, of the All Blacks game that uh, were ineffective, uh, particularly the breakdown. Um, and they didn't give guys like TJ Pitanada uh, the ability to clear that ball fast. So um, you can't just put it down to, you know, 
Damien not taking those three or four balls, uh, unfortunately, given the team that they're playing this weekend, mm. um, they will send a lot up. And so, you know, what do they do? Do they put Bowden back there? Uh, Lima Sopoanga, for me, you know, was was very instrumental in getting a little bit of structure back in the game. And he did that also in the Dunedin Test match. So, you know, whereas Bowden, yeah, there, you know... There's a lot of oil about that. The interesting thing about Bowden Barrett in the game, he carries more than any other player in the Rugby Championship and has done. He's made more carries than any player in the Rugby Championship this year. Yeah. I don't know what position he's playing. Yeah, I mean... I, I, truly, I mean, I truly don't. It's all very well because, you know, the All Blacks love to innovate and they love to use Bowden Barrett in certain ways because he has an amazing skill set. Yeah. He will score tries, he Absolutely. will try things. Look, there's, there's no question about how wonderful he is as a rugby player. Mm. But I, I've just got to the point where I'm starting to wonder, I mean, is this a team that, that feels as if they're entitled to play a certain way and how dare anyone try and stop them and then showing frustration when they're not allowed to play the way they want to play? Mm. Yeah, well, I think that's it. I think, yeah, I mean, a lot's come out now. Some of the players have said, you know, they've got to realign themselves outside Bowden. But again, we're not questioning his ability um, and being able to, what we're actually saying is perhaps he needs to read things a bit better. We don't need, we don't, he doesn't have to be flashy all the time if he just sits and, and notices the fact that there is a rush D or, and take a couple of steps back and real, and, and realign his whole forward pack and talk to him about it. That's probably the, the bit in his game that's probably lacking at the moment. And, um, and, you know, do the All Blacks revert to putting him to the back, you know? I, well, okay, I'm not going to endorse that point of view, right? About that maybe Bowden Barrett should go back to fullback. Yeah. Uh, I'm not here to do that because that's up for other people to decide. But, I think it's a legitimate question. This guy made his name as the impact player, mm -hmm. most often coming in as fullback and turning a game on its head. Yeah. Yes, I know he wants to play 10. Yes, I know he's playing 10. Yes, I know you have to keep a player's confidence and back that player's ability. And the All Blacks have shown that over a long period of time with yeah. a range of different players. Yeah. What's wrong with him playing fullback? What, what's, why can't a guy ever go back? I mean, is that an admission that he's failed? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. The All Blacks always talk about horses for courses. That's why Via Fafita started last week and won't start this week. Mm. Surely they go back to a, a big boy like Squire. Yeah, yeah. But why can't we have a horse for course situation? If Bowden Barrett is going to be better at fullback for the team, mm. why not give it a crack? Well, I mean, that's often what they talk about in the past, isn't it? It's what's best for the team. And, you know, that, I suppose it's, it's down to the powers that be. You know, do they decide to put him back there? He's... You know, take a little bit of pressure off him. You know, I actually think he's plateaued a little bit. So why not take a bit of pressure off him, put him at the back there, and let him, you know, run right and get his confidence back. You know, and let Lima's Lima's come into some great form. So let the responsibility be on him to, to actually set up the team and things like that. And you, then you remember when he started a test against South Africa at uh, Ellis Park? Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic, wasn't he? Fairly handy. Yeah, fairly handy. Look, I, it's not to me. It's not a case of. Dropping Bowden Barrett or Bowden Barrett's suddenly turned to custody. He hasn't. It's, no. not, it's not that at all. But there is a real rush in what the All Blacks are trying to do right now. And I know they want to play tempo, and their stats show that. I mean, they, And they are scoring points as a result. Mm. Far more tries than anyone else in this competition, certainly more than South Africa. Far more points than anyone else in this competition. They're making far more metres than anyone else in yeah. this competition. But I think Saturday should have been a real wake-up call. They put up stats in that game that would suggest to someone who hadn't seen the game that the All Blacks won by 40 points. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yet they, they didn't. They struggled for about 60 minutes. They yeah. were behind. Yeah. And and this is the funny thing about those numbers. You know, when you talk about carries and ball running metres and, and the lack of a kicking game again yeah. against Argentina, which I thought was weird given the conditions, 
that they are putting up those kind of stats but not getting the results accordingly. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think the higher tempo game they're actually trying to play is probably, particularly in the in the early stages of the game, is probably hurting them a bit. You're seeing guys that are, and I think they would have addressed this, I think you're seeing guys that are giving to the breakdown. It's, and it's the first decision maker. He's getting there and he's sometimes parking over the ball or he's thinking, well, do I actually pick it up and move it? Um, and that's where the Argentinians got in there. You know, they they were beaten over the game line, but they they were allowed to actually you know slow the the All Blacks ball down. Actually, and actually pick some off, get into TJ Perenada, where and then the flow just died down. And when you're letting teams like that disrupt you and are in the game for 60 minutes, I think that's the concerning part. Is that you don't want let's just say the South Africans are in there for 60, 70 odd minutes. You know, they can easily, you know, would easily sort of put the All Blacks away if that happens. How so many, of those, that's how many of those results against South Africa, the losses in the last 10 years have come in the 78th minute with a breakaway try, something special happens. I remember Ricky January and Dunedin yeah. and that famous test win. Yeah. Th- those sorts of things. It's funny when you look at the numbers too. South Africa is a team that loves to have the ball. Mm. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Both the All Blacks and South Africa have more possession in the game than any of the other two teams, Australia and Argentina, 17 minutes plus each mm-hmm. in the game. But New Zealand does twice as much with it. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder what South Africa do with the ball. <laughs> because they, they play the game at a slower pace. There's yeah, yeah. no doubt about that. And you cannot have the ball for the same amount of time and do that much less unless you're doing it really slowly. Yeah, well, they obviously feel the need to hold on to the ball. They've got big players and they... And they they know that if they can just you know keep it in a small area. Yeah, I know, but, the, but, but they're not. But they're not carrying as much, so they're no. not making as many carries. Yeah. So either they're carrying in slow motion, or they're just holding it at the breakdown and frustrating teams by virtue of the fact we're just not going to give you the ball. We're not going to do much about it ourselves. Here's a number for you: six hundred and five meters per game for the All Blacks running meters, three hundred and eighty for the South so Africans, good. and yet they have the ball for the same amount of time. Yeah, that's crazy. It is weird. So what you're basically saying is if the All Blacks kick to them, just get up in D and just sort of wait and don't get frustrated. Should we go semi-final of the 2015 Rugby World Cup? That's exactly what they did to mm, them. Mm, yeah. That is exactly what they did to them. What did they say to South Africa in that, in that 2015 Rugby World Cup semi-final? They said, you guys ain't got any chance yeah. of scoring from your own 22. So that's where we're going to put you all game. Yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong with playing that style against the box. <laughs> 27 kicks per game for the Springboks, 14 for the All Blacks. I think that number has to come up somewhere towards what the Springboks do. Yeah. The All Blacks three, four years ago were the best kick and chase team in the comp. Mm. 
and I haven't seen deep kicks. I haven't seen that chase game the way we used to see them play. Yeah, well, it's, it's just turning that momentum around, like being able to say, well, okay, we've gotten over the game line, um, and, and it's trying to come up with that sort of, uh, I suppose, you know, difference. Do you, do you hold on to the ball and, and feel you've, you've, you've cracked them, or do you mix it up and say, well, let's just put it in the corner, and hopefully they might kick it out and let's start again and build some different pressure. And I think mm. that's the variety the All Blacks have got to bring. They've got to bring a little bit of uh, something different rather than saying, okay, let's just in that. But in saying that, they also are sort of, cracking team so it's the balance you know how do you get it right and that's what I, and that's what's frustrating me about talking about the All Blacks at the moment because you don't know whether to say congratulations you're winning games or what are you up to mm. and and maybe that maybe Courtney Laws who came out this week and said into one of the papers you know All Blacks fans arrogance was the thing that spurred us on most maybe we've got too carried away Maybe our, our search for perfection from this team is blinding us to the reality of international rugby, that it's actually really tough mm. to go out there and win. No matter how advanced you think your game plan is or how much better your style is than anyone else's, there's still 15, 23 blokes on the other side who don't want you to play that way. No, they don't. They don't <laughs> want you to play that <laughs> and way. And they legitimately have a right to be that way. Oh, absolutely. And if you think of anyone that plays the All Blacks, you know, Argentina, you know, for instance, on the weekend, they're going to get up every single time. You know, there's no lack of motivation to actually, you know, try and beat the All Blacks or, or be competitive. So maybe we, maybe we are, Sumo. I'm, I'm, I don't know. One thing that I know is that aren't we grateful to have guys like Fafita? Well, we are. Well, we are. Jerome Kano coming back into the camp this week as well. Mm-hmm. So that's an extra Lucy. Now, here's the thing with Fafita. He's obviously overnight become a global sensation. Oh. And, and why wouldn't you after exactly, that run? Exactly. Uh, let's forget the comparisons to others for the time being because Vaya is Vaya and, and good on him for doing it. But surely they can't now leave him out of this game. And if they put him on the bench, what does that mean for their mix? Because yeah. they're not going to be able to take a lock. lock yeah. So that's a lock that misses out. If you put Sam Kane to start, which I think they will, yep. Artie Savier to cover uh, on the bench... And via Fafita, who, how can you leave out after that performance uh, as your sixth lock whatever cover? Yeah. Shitty will cover the wing if you wish. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? I mean, does he become the greatest bench player in the All Blacks arsenal? Well, the way he's playing, you'd you'd say, like, I think Squire comes back. You know, I think um, if, uh, well, actually, Jerome's back in the mix. No, I'm with you on Squire. You you, you can't throw Jerome in the mix of this weekend. No, no, don't. You don't. So I think based on what Fafita did in the weekend, both attack and defence, he'd have to be the impact player that comes mm. off the bench. I mean, he's predominantly a lock, isn't that where, where he's sort of, um, you know, used to playing? So, uh, but, yeah. you know. Can I, can I just, I'll go through a list of names here. These are the names he outran on the weekend across the competition. He outran Israel Folau. <laughs> he outran Reese Hodge. He outran Nihi Munoskada. He outran Jan Serfentain. He outran Sonny Bill Williams. He was the leading ball runner. And the rugby championship over the weekend, 113 metres. Well, and 50 or 40 of that was just for that one try. Well, yeah, it. I know, but he's still top 10 in carries in the uh, comp, you know, across that game. So, you know, you've got to give the guy credit. He went out there and, uh, and he did something quite extraordinary. Yeah. 100 plus metres for a loose forward in the game is extraordinary, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other metres that he got was that try that was um, forward. So he was, uh, he was very effective. But... You have to, man. I mean, we're sitting here sort of dissecting the game, but the, um, I suppose the, well, the talent that we've got coming out of New Zealand rugby, damn. He beat 11 defenders. 
And they the all game. had the angle on him. They all had know. the angle. He beat 11 defenders. That's five more than Bowden Barrett, who was ranked second after the weekend with six defenders beaten. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a freaking six. Man, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. But anyway, I, you know, look, uh, today I understand he was in a tracksuit. He wasn't warming up with the team. So, you know, whether they're going to keep their powder dry, which wouldn't surprise me with the All Blacks. Mm. You know, they don't want anyone to get ahead of themselves, yeah. and fair enough. But... You know, it's hard to see what they're going to do. I mean, South Africa's major weapon is their line-out. Mm. So you're going to need line-out cover. Mm. Are you going to risk not taking an extra lock at line-out time and putting Via Fafeta in there as some sort of lock six, seven super sub? Yeah, well, I mean, if you take Fafeta out, well, what do you, who do you put there? I mean, who's your lock? Who's your, who's, who's your lock? I mean, you've got... Um, you know, I go what? back to Romano. I, think, actually, I, I thought well. Luke Romano was outstanding. Yeah, he was. He, he played, he carried the ball well and he was... Um, yeah, he's very good. But uh, you chuck Whitelock and 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 Ritalik back in there together. Yeah, uh, you know because you've you've now lost two of your first choice front rowers. In fact, you've lost both mm. your loosehead and tighthead first choice front rowers. So Laulala's going to start. Obviously, they'll put White Crockett in there to start. That's a rare start for the Crockzilla. Yeah, you're going to need a locking combination that knows what they're doing. They've also used Barrett. So I mean, coming off the bench. So I mean, he he throws the spanner in the works in there as well. So plenty of options. Man. I know, but that's but that's what I mean. I, I just think you don't want to get too tricky against South Africa. No. Well, you know, you know what this is going to be. This is going to be attritional. You're going to have to win your ball at the breakdown. You're going to have to get some guys there to thump it up. Yeah. The one thing they didn't do, you notice on the weekend, they didn't run the pod system like they have been doing. Pods? Oh yes, that's where yeah, yeah, no, Well, they they got over the game line so you know so easily. Well, that's but, true. And then. They kind of, I suppose, got out of, out of sync when, uh, you know, guys weren't making good decisions at the breakdown, which perhaps sort of... And then they, they chose to go a little bit wider as well. So um, perhaps they're going to bring that back in with South Africa, a little bit more structure. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it's a team that wins turnovers too. The other thing about South Africa, you know, they know that uh, the kick return is, is a New Zealand specialty, so they're going to have to be careful on their kicks and play as well. Alton Yankees came under some heat from his home fans last week saying stop kicking the ball away in that yeah. draw against Australia. I think it's a pretty good draw, really. You know, they had to fight back into that game. Australia had a lot riding on it. Uh, I thought South Africa should win that game. Should have won that well, game. Well, I, I thought they were going to, and I thought they were going to do it, you know, easily with Australians going, you know, up, you know, early mm. um, to claw their way back in, back back into the game and draw it. I suppose it was a it was a pretty good draw. You know, a lot's coming out of the South African camp now that they're trying to change their culture, or they've changed their culture. Um, so, you know, obviously they're happy campers. I, I think that's obvious. Uh, last year was rock bottom for them. Mm. They, they looked disconnected. They looked disinterested. Uh, they certainly don't look that way this year. No, no. They, but, they look happy. You know, I speak to Matt Pierce, the, the lead commentator for Supersport. You know, he spends a lot of time around these players. He said even during that June series, you know, the smiles had returned to yeah, the team. Yeah. And uh, Alistair Kutsia getting Brendan Venter involved, I think, has made a hell of a difference to the organisation of that team yeah. and what they're trying to achieve. So uh, they'll be tough here. Yeah, I'll be interested to see, you know, um, the connection they have with the Super Rugby coaches and things like that because often that's been pretty dis- disjointed. Yeah. And, and as we know, we, well, a lot of us don't know New Zealand, they, they, they have to pick on race as well. So there's, you know, there's all those challenges that the Springboks do have. And um, yet this year they're looking, you know, very happy. Uh, there's a quota system in place here. Just another challenge for the Springboks. One they'll be happy to overcome. That game, of course, this weekend at QBE Stadium in Albany. Uh, just a quick note on that, on the short ball with Nils Molina and Scotty Stevenson. Albany as a venue for this test. I understand you've got to share the love around when it comes to All Black Rugby. New Plymouth got their chance last week, but... Should this be an All Blacks, South Africa, blockbuster, Eden Park, home of New Zealand rugby? 
or are you going to you know, be a lot of oh, unhappy just, people if well, you call that the, the home of New Zealand rugby? Well, it is. But the, it, yeah. It's the home of All Black Rugby. It's the biggest stadium. It's our national stadium. We're at, it's closer we got to one, and it's where the All Blacks have not been beaten for 600 years. Yeah, I, look, um, personally, it would have been nice for it to be at Eden Park, but as you say, you share it around. Eden Park, Park's had two test matches this year with... Uh, uh, with the Lions, I mean, or do we revert to what the what they do overseas? You know, where they every play every test at the same ground. Yes, I'm not mean, sure. Don't think that'd go down too well with the regions. But no. No, just throwing it out there, it's an interesting selection. You know, because regardless of what you say about you know grounds and it's just a field, it's never just a field in no. rugby no. or in any sport for that matter. No. Eden Park carries with it a fear factor that that QBE Stadium does not hold for South Africa. No, no, and and. Yeah, I mean, as, as a player, you're almost thinking oh, it's uh, you know it's it's a joint home game, right? Rather mm-hmm. than if you go into Eden Park, you know that's home. You know mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, and, and, and what it brings and how special it is there. So, but um, no, we'll see how we go. I, I'm hoping we get a big crowd. Uh, I'm sure we will, considering um, the way North Harbour rugby is going at the moment. Sumo, North Harbour's going good. But North Harbour's uh, run is going to come to an end uh, on yeah. Thursday night this week when they take on the Tanifa. Mm-hmm. I can assure you of that. How good is that for Blues rugby, though? The Tanifa are great. North Harbour are great. Yeah. One of these things is not like the other. That's the other team that we shall not talk about. I tell you what. Right, they got more trouble than the early settlers, this Auckland side. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I truly don't. We, we spoke about this, what, three weeks ago mm-hmm. on the pod? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see the game, but... Uh, oh, I did. Because, oh, well, gee. Well, but Jerome, what, Jerome Kano carried 16 times in the game no. in his comeback game, and they still lost. Oh. And we'll move on to more positive things, which is uh, Canterbury put the Ranfilly Shield up again on Wednesday night. Second First Division Challenge, third First Division Challenge this year against Counties Monaco. Just, I, I can't see anyone beating Canterbury, but Counties are that kind of team that just give them a sniff and they... Oh, they'll. Uh, I know uh, they are right, and they've had six six days to actually yeah to you know, think about life. Right, think yeah. about life. Remember, Canterbury played on Friday, so they've had a you know whatever that is four day turnaround, five yeah. day turnaround. So uh, look, ultimately Canterbury are so far ahead of anyone else in this competition, it's ridiculous. Yep. But it is the Ranfurly Shield. Do you give Counties Monaco any chance at all? I think you do. I think they showed enough in their last um, in the last game, I and mean, they they could have won that game, you know, and they made a couple of you know. Bad decisions at the back, which um, probably cost them uh, cost them the game a little bit. You know, just weren't prepared to actually, um, I suppose, be a little bit patient and had a crack, and then all of a sudden Harbour turned it over. Um, and and so if they can sort of, you know, wipe that sort of stuff out of their game and go down there, it's a Ranfurly Shield. Mm. You know, mm. they've got you know, and they've got plenty of um, good players to be able to take it. So I do give them a chance. But you know Canterbury be, are good. You know, it'd be great. Counties Monaco win the Ranfurly Shield on Wednesday against uh, against uh, Canterbury. Yeah. And then they put it up in their first challenge on the 1st of October. You'll never guess who they have to play in their first uh, first defence. <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never guess. Oh, not in a million years will hey, you guess that it's the Johnny Hey. See, I love that team. Can we talk about them? Like, in all seriousness, can we talk about how awesome Northland are? Well, you have to. I mean... <laughs> Waikato were like, they were looking the goods. They were deer in the headlights. Weren't they? Wow-wee. Yeah, I mean, uh, Darren Whitcomb is, is doing some some really good stuff up north, so you have to talk about them. They're, they're, they're contenders. They are contenders. I like it. The second just behind Wellington in the Minor 10 Cup Championship. Wellington going down to their first loss. 
Third game in 11 days. Mm. Tasman have got some sort of draw here, by the way. Do you know they play three teams on Sundays after that other team has had two straight games in the storm? Yeah. Someone is loving the Tasman draw this year. Uh, honestly, <laughs> they have fed them something, some scallops, some mussels. Get into it. Give us an easy draw. Uh, they were good for their win, though. Wellington, you know, scoring 105-metre tries uh, in the game, but Tasman ultimately... Something flicked for them. Some some switch was flicked in about twenty minutes to go, where they just went back to playing traditional footy. And yeah. I, I think the legs just went out from underneath the Wellingtonians. Well, I think it even started that the game before, um, where they uh, was it Waikato? Where they played Waikato and they beat them away, so it gave them a bit of confidence. I mean, we were sitting here too, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, thinking, "What's going on at Tasman?" Mm. Now they've you know gotten two wins. Yeah, two straight. They're looking pretty good. Yeah, they are looking pretty good. I mean, they've got some challenges here. They've got to go down to Otago uh, this week and, and face Otago, who were pretty good for a win over Hawks Bay. Their first win. Can you believe this? Otago's first win against Hawks Bay in Hawks Bay since 1993. Serious? Seriously. Oh, I didn't know that. Gee. Happy days, Otago. Yeah. Hey. We round out the week, and uh, this is a game I'm looking forward to because I, I, I think this is going to give the best indication we have had yet of where Wellington really is at, and that's the last game of the round, Wellington at home mm. against Canterbury. If Wellington can recover from that loss, and they've got all week to do so yep. uh, against Tasman, and get up there for Canterbury, that is, to me, going to give me the greatest indication yet that either Chris Gibbs has definitely turned this team around yep. or that there is still some work to do. And I know that's, that's a hard mark yeah. against the Canterbury time, team that I've just said is a mile ahead of anyone else. But, gee, if Wellington could win that, you'd make believers out of anyone. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, you're absolutely right. It gives us a good gauge on, on where you know, Gibbo's got this team because they certainly started off well. You know, Canterbury, you know, they're the benchmark. And if they can get up and... Being at home, they can. So that'll give us a fair indication about where they're at. Feast of footy, Mills. We'll leave it there. That's the short ball for another week. Uh, all Black Rugby coming up this week. The rest of the Rugby Championship continues. Of course, all the rugby out of Europe as well. And so much more besides. All on rugbypass.com. Make sure you subscribe today. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.